Stress tests can be confusing, um, but the main reason why we're doing a stress test is to see if we can simulate your chest pain. You come into the doctor saying, hey, I have chest pain. When I exert myself, I have chest pain. So we try to make you exert yourself and see if we can simulate that exact chest pain that you're describing. And we have you hooked up to the EKG monitor to see if your EKG changes. Um, if somebody has ischemia or is even having a heart attack, the EKG can tell us what's going on. So if we put you on a treadmill, make you run, and we watch and monitor your EKG, we can see a lot of things. We can see if you have ST depressions, which indicate there must be some kind of ischemia. If you have a lot of PVCs or you go into all these different rhythms, that could mean you have ischemia or blocked artery. Um, there's a lot of things we look for. So there's multiple different ways of doing a stress test. The, 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 the easiest, simplest ways, we just put you on a treadmill, connect you to the EKG, and have you follow something called the Bruce Protocol. You start out at a very small angle, slow speed, barely walking. Every three minutes, the angle goes up and it gets steeper and steeper, and then the speed goes up as well. The stress test is designed to kind of, even, even very well-conditioned athletes will quit somewhere between 10 and 15 minutes. It gets harder and harder and harder every three minutes so that by the 10th minute, your heart rate is high enough. We want to get your heart rate up to... Uh, at least 85% of your age predicted maximum. And your age predicted maximum is 220 minus your age. So if you're 20 years old, your age predicted maximum is 200. If you're 40, it's 180. We want to get to 85% of that so that it's a good test. Because studies have found that if you don't reach that heart rate, the test is not really sensitive or specific enough and the positive predictive value or negative predictive value of it is not very good. Um, so we definitely want to do, we want to get your uh, heart rate up enough that the test is a good test. Um, that's the basic treadmill EKG stress test where you just walk on the treadmill, maybe even jog if you make it past nine minutes. Unless you have really long legs, you won't have to jog. But if you get past 12 minutes, you'll probably be jogging. Um, we want to get most people to quit somewhere between 10 and 15 minutes. Otherwise, we'll, we'll be there all day. The protocol is designed to kind of get people in and out, stress them pretty good, and get them out. That's the most basic stress test is just you walking on a treadmill. Um, of course, there's fancier stress tests. Now we, we get into imaging. Um, you walking on a treadmill is one kind of stress test. We can add imaging to it. We can do an echocardiogram of your heart where we take pictures of your heart while you're at rest and then while you're at your peak exercise capacity and compare the images. If you have a blocked artery, that this, these are your walls pumping you know, at rest. When you're, if you have a blocked artery and we stress you and the blockage is enough, this wall is not going to move anymore. You see only this one moving or this one's a little slower than it was at rest or you see some differences. The other kind of imaging we do, something called nuclear imaging. We inject your veins uh, with a dye or a nuclear tracer um, called technesium uh, or they used thallium in the past, but we inject it into your body. This is a chemical that looks like oxygen to your heart. Your heart muscles think it's oxygen. It goes, travels to your heart. The muscles in your heart light up under the nuclear camera. We have a camera that can detect this nuclear radiation that's now in your heart muscle. Your heart muscle lights up. You're getting full blood flow to your heart. Your heart looks like a full circle, or in this view, completely lights up. Um, that's at rest. After we stress you, we do the same thing again. And if this is a complete circle, now there's it's missing that bottom wall. There's no lighting up down here. We know you have inferior ischemia under stress conditions we don't see that bottom wall or if it's like you know this kind of view this wall is missing and you know you only see this one and there's nothing here um, so that's ischemia that can happen when we stress you now 
it doesn't always have to be a treadmill. We can use other medications. What if somebody has an amputation or has a bad back or bad knees and can't run on a treadmill? We use medications to simulate exercise. The most commonly used one is called regadenosine or Lexascan. We used to use Persantine um, and other you know, medications like that that dilate out your coronary arteries. The reason we want to dilate your coronaries is because it simulates exercise. When you're exercising real hard, your coronaries dilate. If you have a main branch coming down and two side branches. If this one is blocked at rest, both of them are getting good blood flow. Both sides of that, both walls of that heart light up. There's a little blockage, you remember. Once we stress you or exercise you, they dilate out. This one's already maximally dilated because there's already blockage there. This one dilates out more, steals blood from the other side. This wall becomes dim. This one lights up the same. It still lights up because it dilated out and sucked blood or stole blood or coronary steel from the other side this side won't light up. Um, so we can do that with the Lexascan, which is regadenosine. Um, we can do that with Persantine. Um, another option is something called dobutamine. We try not to use this a lot. This is a, a chemical that speeds up your heart, so it simulates like the tachycardia of exercise, not really the vasodilation part. It speeds up your heart, but the problem with dobutamine is that it can cause um, a lot of PVCs or VTAC, non-sustained VTAC, or even VTAC in and of itself. So we try to use the least amount doses possible. We only do that if we absolutely have to. Um, we try not to order dobutamine stress tests if we don't have to. Um, you can also do a dobutamine echo. If a patient uh, can't get regadenosine uh, or Lexascan because they have really bad COPD and they're wheezing, that would be like the only scenario. You could use dobutamine or you could bring them back on a different day when they're not wheezing and their you know, COPD or asthma is under control. Dobutamine can be used where we speed up your heart and watch it with the echocardiogram and see if the walls are still moving. Heart's pumping normal at rest. We speed it up. It gets tachycardic. There's not enough blood flow. There's not enough oxygen supply and demand mismatch here. This wall's still moving. This one's like weaker or not really moving as much. So those are kind of the... Um, different kinds of stress tests that we can do. Basically, we're trying to see if we can elicit the chest pain. Um, sometimes patients ask me, well, are you trying to give me a heart attack? No. <laughs> I mean, maybe. But we're trying to basically see if we can cause or, or reproduce that chest pain that you're saying that you have and to see if it's actually coming from your heart because we can't reproduce it and the imaging all looks normal and your EKGs look normal. Then clearly, whatever was causing your chest pain is not from your heart. Now, there is a small chance of false uh, negatives where, you know, even if the stress test is completely normal, the there are some people that still have coronary artery disease. The biggest one with that is with the uh, nuclear imaging is if somebody has balanced disease. If they have three-vessel disease, like they have an mid-RCA, proximal LAD, and a proximal circ that are all blocked, um, that the heart will be dim. It'll look dim under rest and stress. It'll look equally dim. So you won't see that there's this wall is missing or this wall is you know not lighting up. You won't see that. So that's that's the one scenario. But you'll see other things. You'll see like the walls aren't really moving under stress. Their ejection fraction is really low. They'll have other things usually that can give you clues. So if you like this video, here's a whole bunch more for you to watch.